Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When the enemy wants me to wallow in shame, when the enemy wants me to think I'm identified by all the ways I've messed up, being reminded that, nope, (laughs) Romans 5, I stand firmly in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nope, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Nope, Psalm 34, 5, those who look to the Lord are radiant and they shall never be covered with shame. What's up, what's up, incredible and loved and on purpose people. I am so grateful that you've joined me on the Have You Heard podcast today. My name is Emma Mae McDaniel and I am so glad because today we are talking about forgiving yourself. And this is going to be such a sweet, just heart-to-heart conversation about the reality that God has so much that He wants to do in us and through us, but the reality is we can miss out on so much of it if we continue to live in yesterday. And I want to help us step forward into all the incredible things that God has in store. So friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the Word. I love y'all so much. If y'all have not checked out last week's episode, I highly recommend it because my incredible husband, Josh, was on with me and we talked about forgiving others. So we're in this little forgiveness space and I'm so grateful for it. I think it's so powerful and so necessary and the word talks so much about it. So I really pray that last week's episode encourages you and challenges you in a good direction. Um, And as I said, today we're talking about forgiving yourself because I really believe that I, like I said, God has so much that he wants to do in us, that he wants to do through us for the glory of his name to conform us to the likeness of his son. But the enemy can have such a foothold in our lives if he can keep us in this life of shameful thinking and this lifestyle of living in yesterday because when we're living in yesterday we're never able to learn from yesterday and grow from yesterday and enjoy today and be excited about the future and I think that we can actually learn a lot about this reality from the life of Peter A lot of you probably know about Peter. I love Peter. And a lot of where we're going to be hanging out today is in Mark 14 and in Mark 16. So if you have your Bibles or want to go study this a little deeper later, that's where we're going to be hanging out quite a bit. And in Mark 14, we read about Jesus talking with his disciples and they're going to the Mount of Olives. It's before Jesus is going to be betrayed and arrested and taken to council. And he's basically telling his disciples like, y'all are going to desert me. Every single one of you is going to leave me and it's going to fulfill the prophecy of the Lord that he literally says, I want to read it to you in verse 27, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. And Peter, when he hears this, he is just distraught. I mean, imagine you're 
best friend telling you that you're going to betray me and um, going to leave me hanging. It's like, it's like you're hurt at hearing those words because you want to emphasize with so much passion, are you kidding me? I'm never going to betray you. I'm never going to leave you. And that's how Peter feels in this moment. He responds and he's like, Lord, I would die before I ever denied you. And that's when, as we know this story, a lot of us very well, where Jesus says, Peter, before the rooster crows, actually to read this exactly, he says, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And like I said, in this chapter is whenever Peter or whenever Jesus is rested, taken to counsel and picking back up in verse 66. So we're still in the same night as Jesus had said. And while Jesus is on counsel, the very thing that Jesus said would happen takes place. And Peter denies Jesus three times. And after the rooster crows twice, um, or before the rooster crows twice, and Peter realizes what Jesus had said and realizes that he just fulfilled that prophecy, it says that Peter broke down and wept. And just reading that, I want to kind of pause there for a hot second because I think this is so important. Um, I think sometimes whenever we talk about how important it is to forgive ourselves and move forward and not get stuck in the past, sometimes the wrong message can be heard of like, disregard your mistakes. Like you're not held accountable for them. And like, you don't, they're not that big of a deal. And that is not what's being said here. Sin is sin. Paul said, just because grace abounds doesn't mean you can just go keep on sinning. Like the kindness of God and his grace towards us leads us to repentance like there is something so beautiful about a godly sorrow and being made aware that I am an imperfect human before a holy and perfect God and I think there is something so beautiful about Peter's posture here that he broke down and he wept when he was made aware of his mistake when he was made aware of his sin And I pray that that is a posture that we have too. That before I can forgive myself and move forward in joy, there has to be an awareness and an honesty of, God, I screwed up. I screwed up and I am so distraught over it because because I love you, Lord, and because I know what you've called me to, and because I love the people who I'm with if I've harmed them. And so I pray that over us today, that over our sin, we would have a godly sorrow. We would break down and weep in repentance. And fast forward, I mean, I can't even imagine just the distress that was on Peter, because through chapter 15, this is when Jesus is on trial before Pilate. This is when he's actually mocked by the soldiers it's when he's actually crucified he dies and he's buried all in chapter 15 and peter as all of this is happening i just if i try to put myself in peter's shoes i i would be a wreck that like i just denied my lord and my best friend and he just died like i don't even know how difficult that would be but it would be such a deep, dark place. And I bet Peter was probably in this place of like, will he ever forgive me? Will he want to be my best friend again? Will he ever see me the same? And I feel like we probably see our relationship with God like that sometimes whenever we have a hard time understanding the grace of God. That whenever we've messed up, 
It's like, will God ever see me the same? Will God ever love me as much? Are God's plans for my life changed because because I screwed up? And I, I just want you to know you're not alone in that space, but be encouraged to what happens next as we go to chapter 16. In chapter 16, this is so powerful because starting off, it's literally the resurrection. Ma- Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome went out and to purchase the burial spices so they could go anoint Jesus' body. And very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. (laughs) I would be too. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now, verse seven, I've said this about a handful of verses, but verse seven, it is one of my favorite verses. And I just would love for y'all to really lean in because this is so powerful. Remember that space that you're in of like, I just screwed up. I feel so bad for how I turned against the Lord. I feel so bad for how I hurt that person. I feel so bad for how I did what I didn't want to do or I didn't do what I wanted to do. Like who can save me? As Paul said in Romans 7, like imagine being in that space and you're just doubting God's love for you and you don't think he would ever see you the same again you don't think he would ever draw near to you again in the same way and in verse 7 look what the angel says now go and tell his disciples including Peter that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee you will see him there just as he told you before he died You know what I think is so interesting? The angel did not have to emphasize and make sure the women knew that Peter was wanted. But God knew that Peter was probably doubting the grace of God, wondering, like, did I just blow it in such a way that I'm not going to be seen the same again? Am I not going to be received the same again? And he's like, I want to make sure Peter knows that he's wanted too. I want to make sure that he knows that I love him still. And I I just, whoever needs to hear that today, I, I pray that you're so encouraged in the reality that like, whether you rise on the wings of the dawn or you settle on the far side of the sea or you make your bed in the depths and you feel like you've just made the worst mistake you could ever make, even there his hand is with you and even there his right hand will hold you fast. Where can you flee from his spirit? God promises that whoever confesses to me, he is faithful and just to cleanse you and forgive you of all unrighteousness. Praise be to God that you are loved by God. Nothing in all of creation, neither height nor depth, angels nor demons, the past, the present, the future, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, including Peter. I think this is just so powerful. And then if you go and read at the end of the book of John, you can read an incredible conversation that Jesus had with Peter. And it's just so redeeming. And it just shows God's heart for Peter. And like I was saying at the beginning of our time together today, that God has things for you. God wants to do things 
in you. God wants to do things through you that's bigger than you to reach people for the glory of his name. And if the enemy can keep you stuck in between your ears, focused on everything you did yesterday, then he can keep you from stepping into what God wants to have you do today and tomorrow. And I am so inspired by Peter because Peter, like circumstantially, he had some valid reasons to not forgive himself and to just go sulk and wallow and go hide. But if we go to Acts 2, okay, Jesus has ascended back into heaven. He has told the disciples to wait and the Holy Spirit will come upon them and they will be given the power to be his witnesses in Judea and Samaria and like to the uttermost ends of the earth. So in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples and Peter, okay, Yes, the same guy, Peter, he stands up among a large, I mean, ginormous crowd of people and he proclaims the gospel. And friends, that day, 3,000 people, about 3,000 folks were added to the church. And you know what I think in that moment? I'm like, what if Peter was still sulking? thinking there's no way that God could use me. There's no way that God still loves me. There's no way I could be a part of God's bigger story because my story is too screwed up. And I just want you to know your story, just as Peter's, is not too messed up for God to be glorified through it, for him to redeem it, for him to bring about goodness through it. Friend, I love in Ephesians 23, 20 and 22, 21, where Paul says that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly greater things than what you could ever ask or imagine according to his power at work within you. Exceedingly and abundantly greater. I mean, if you read all throughout scripture and if you talk to any believer, you will quickly find out that we don't have it all together. (laughs) Because we're people. And I think that's what makes it so insanely powerful is that God takes sinners. God takes people who have failed, people who have fallen short. Because, and that's all of us. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he says, come, follow me. I want to fill you with my spirit through faith in my son. And I want to conform you to the likeness of my son. And I want to use you to bring glory to my name, to proclaim my saving power among the nations. And I want to use you to tell people about who I am. And all of the things that you've fallen short on, I want to redeem it. I want to, I want to use it to point it to myself and show how, how awesome I am. He's such a good God worthy of the glory. And he somehow takes every aspect of my life as I surrender it to him. And he just uses it to bring glory to his name. And you know what I think is so cool too, is that this is a lifelong journey of continuing to trust God's grace. Because I really think that forgiveness of self is directly associated with whether or not you trust God actually forgives you. Because you confess your sin, God can forgive you as he promises to do, but then you can still sit and sulk because deep down you actually don't trust that you can be forgiven. And I want to encourage you today to ask the Lord to help you trust him. 
to trust that he does love you, to actually trust that he does forgive you, to actually trust that anyone who is in Christ, the old has become new. You are a new creation. Glory be to God. I am a new creation. Praise God. And it's so freeing when you know this truth and you believe this truth, you find a freedom. And I love how God says, he's like, it is for freedom that I have set you free. So don't let yourselves be yoked again by another burden of slavery. I I made you for freedom. And a part of you experiencing this freedom means that you have to trust you're actually forgiven. You have to trust that my grace is actually sufficient for you. And you know what I think is so cool is that Peter lived this out in his last letter that he wrote in the word. It's in 2 Peter chapter 2. And I want to read it to you guys. Verse 18 Oh, sorry, it's 2 Peter chapter 3. It's literally the very end. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. What an incredible person to write that. He knew what it was like to mess up to experience the incredible forgiveness of God, find himself in a moment where he could either sit and sulk and live in yesterday, or he could actually take God at his word, step into the grace of God, and choose to be bold, choose to let God use him as God intended to. And he saw the fruit of it. He saw the like how worth it it was to trust God, even though his emotions probably went against it in some way. And now he's encouraging us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a lifelong journey of being strengthened in God's grace, learning to trust God's grace, and growing in God's grace. Day by day, taking every thought captive, making it obedient to God. When the enemy wants me to wallow in shame, when the enemy wants me to think I'm identified by all the ways I've messed up, being reminded that, nope, (laughs) Romans 5, I stand firmly in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nope, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Nope, Psalm 34, 5, those who look to the Lord are radiant and they shall never be covered with shame. You can forgive yourself, friend. And I think a deeply rooted part of that journey is do you actually trust God has forgiven you through the confession of your sin? He loved you so much. And something I pray you take away today is that your story is a part of a much bigger story. Your story is a part of the glory of God making his name known among the earth. And once you actually begin to trust that he loves you, trust that it is by grace through faith you have been saved, trust that his forgiveness is real for you, then I really believe you'll be able to experience what he's wanting to do in and through you in a capacity that you never even thought possible. I love you so much and also be encouraged in the fact that I'm learning this too. 
I've had days where I just sat and let hours be wasted because I was living in yesterday just so upset with how I didn't do what I wanted to do and I wanted to do what I didn't do. It's a journey. It's a journey. And the Lord is with you in it. And it's so worth it. Friends, y'all are incredible. And I hope that your week is amazing. Amazing. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye, guys.